on this episode of Beer, Blues, and BS, I'm on vacation. Kidder's on vacation. But that's not going to stop us from putting out a great episode. And for this episode, since we are on the precipice of our good friend Big D being reassigned over to South Korea, we're sitting down, me and him, and having a great conversation. We're going to talk about his past assignments and where he's been, the good points, the bad points. We'll also talk traffic stops and uh, car crashes and a lot of other great stories and jokes and humor along the way. You're in a good place. Welcome to the show. It's Howard Blues and V Mark Kidder. Pork all beverage, Enjoy time with The friends. Triple B! Well, the Triple B sucks. Okay? Oh, come on. Whatever, man. This is Beer, Beer Blues, and BS. Online at BeerBluesBS.com. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Beer, Blues, and BS, the podcast that is especially following the optimistic philosopher Brandon Swindlewell and his continual optimistic thoughts of we're all screwed. I'm your host, Howard Blues, here. Uh, not as always with my co-host because he's up at the state fair enjoying five finger death punch at least i hope he's enjoying it we'll find out uh but taking his seat and joining me tonight it's the trolling minister of the triple b big d is here in the co-pilot seat big d how you doing tonight well i am i'm grateful to be here as always uh there is only one ass big enough to fill kidder's chair it's Kidder, let's be honest, but he's off doing things, so here I am hanging out. Yeah, I, I'm glad you could join me and uh, and help kind of fill in because, uh, audience, by the time that you guys get to see this, uh, Kidder and I have to take a week off because I'm going to be on vacation. He's going to be on vacation. And uh, so, uh, thankfully, Big D was able to hop in on this special night and uh, help me make a fill-in episode so that I don't have to try and make a clip show in like two weeks. Those take a while. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Big D, it has been a day. I will, <laughs> will tell you that. And I am ready to do some drinking. How about you? Uh, I hear you. It's been, it's been an okay day up here. But yeah, let, let's uh, let's have a, a frosty beverage. What you got? Oh, I was going to make you go first since you are the guest. Oh, you know that okay. seems like the polite thing to do. Okay, cool, cool. So in the, uh, with the understanding that I am, you know, moving and I'll have uh, movers coming on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday next week, packing this out. I am trying really hard not to buy stuff. Um, just me in the house right now. Mrs. D and Little D are off in um, the West Coast, visiting some family out there before we hop overseas and uh, just getting some good grandma and papa time out there. Uh, with that in mind, we have, uh, some beverages still left in the house that I'm just kind of going through. This is the, uh, the leftovers. So this, uh, right here is a, uh, just one of the little bottles of uh, fireball that we had left in the freezer and now it's in my glass. Mm. Mm, fake cinnamon. Gotta love it. I, and, and fake whiskey too. Uh, <laughs> Valid. I don't know if you heard about that lawsuit, um, Big D. Well, don't but... tell me now until I finish it, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, you have captured my attention. Tell me more. <laughs> I, I, I talked about it. Um, gosh, I forget which episode it was on. But 
uh, Fireball is getting sued for false advertising because on those little bottles, uh, they, they put cinnamon whiskey, but there's no actual whiskey in it. It's, uh, I think, like a flavored vodka or something else instead. And so, yeah, they got sued for false advertising on I mean, those. As long as they're not lying about the proof, and as long as they're not saying it's ethanol when it's methanol, I don't care. <laughs> It, it t- I enjoy the taste. I, I don't think most people care, but I, except for like apparently a few people who are like, we will sue because we want our whiskey. Because <laughs> it's an easy lawsuit. <laughs> apparently. Wow. That uh, sounds good. I'm trying an experiment tonight, uh, Big D, is what I'm doing. Um, I, I doesn't have, involve paint, does it? No, no. Um, <laughs> I have some of this. This is a Western Sun prickly pear flavored vodka. Cool. Very tasty. Very tasty. Um, and I like it as a Moscow mule. And um, I've been trying to find the right ginger beer to partner with it. Mm. Um, and so I, the what stuff I've had and that I still had in my fridge is this Reed's. So I'm going to have one with that. I uh, just to again remind myself what it because it's been a while. What that tastes like, but then I have this uh, Griffin ginger beer. So I'll make a second one with that. I'm going to figure out which one of these is maybe better. So some some experimentation. And uh, for those purists, because apparently we have some purists <clears throat> on this channel, especially when it comes to uh, old fashions. Uh, I do not have a Moscow Mule copper mug. Because they're over at Kidder's place. Um, so I will be using the Howard's Cave of Wonder glass, which you can, of course, get in our merch store. That's cool. I'm using my Wolfpack Whiskey Flight glass for the alleged whiskey. So, hey, there's a personal tie-in on both of our beverage vessels. Mm-hmm. 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 Now, I, I will also add, I am not a bartender. Don't proclaim to be one. So the way I'm doing this, Big D, I poured the ginger beer into here, and I'm going to add whiskey until it has a slightly, or add this vodka until it has a slightly pink color in my glass and call that good. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta love how I do these things. Very scientific. Yep. Yep. Damn, son. Poured yourself a double there. (laughs) Or triple. Who knows? Well, uh, you won't. That's the point, because you're about to time warp on us. Nah. Well, you know, if anything, at least we have the uh, the recording to remind me what happened. Uh, valid. So if you want to time warp, I, I will see if there's any feasible way. Uh, no, you, you can ask if you if you could, but not if you should. I will, if I ever think of it, in a week and a half, I will bring a soju for you, me, and Kidder. Uh, tread carefully because time warping <laughs> may be involved. That could be dangerous, uh, especially since Kidder and I have to work the next day. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah, I was about to say it's a Friday. Oh no, It'll be a Wednesday, whatever. <laughs> but but you know, if you leave it with us. We'll definitely have it on the show, and then you can watch the shenanigans of what happens. <laughs> <laughs> so, all those, you never know. We sometimes have shenanigans when we're not that <clears throat> intoxicated. 
like the night my chair broke. <clears throat> I don't know if you've seen that episode. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, we had an episode. Kidder was doing the cheap plugs, and uh, I I don't know if you recall. I had a, a director's chair uh-huh. left he gave me. The back on it snapped off, which then the way that that whole chair is set up, the whole thing gave way, and so I just went down. And unfortunately, we didn't have the multicam on, and Kidder was talking. I had actually muted myself because I was messing with stuff on my pants. <laughs> so we don't have any footage of it. We just have like Kidder as he's going, like I think Howard fell. He did fall. Howard's down. <laughs> <laughs> so. But uh, that did happen. So I'm in a loner chair now. So <laughs> mm, it's tasty. Mm. So, yeah, you're going to be coming through. And I think most of our audience has picked up if they've been watching the last few episodes or listening to the last few episodes. But you are uh, leaving the country. You have been reassigned. I think that's the right term. I keep wanting to say redeployed, but I don't know that deployment is actually what's going on. I'm not military. So you're being reassigned, and uh, you're off to South Korea, which you've been there before uh, once. I am, and I have been, yeah. So uh, from August of 2015 to August of 2016, I was assigned to Kunsan Air Base. Uh, It's about two-thirds of the way south on the west coast in Korea. It's a port town. Um, it's uh, the more austere of our two main bases up there, the other one being Osan, about two and a half hours north. That one's about an hour south of Seoul, if anyone uh, cares to, to reference. South Korea itself is about the size of Indiana. But yeah, I will be going to uh, a different uh, locale this time. I'll be going to going to Camp Humphreys, and I'll be there for a year. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's a good good chance to get back and eat all the bagogi and explore and uh, do some things that we had, didn't do in Korea last time. We didn't do a DMZ tour, although um, I don't know if I'll be allowed to. Considering what's happened in recent news with the Johnny idiot jumping across the border. Um, Aside from that, we're looking at doing our, um, we did a bicycle trip from Incheon to Busan, which is like northwestern part of the country down to the southeastern part of the country. Should have taken five days. I got us lost in Seoul on day one, so it took six. (laughs) Yeah, it was bad. It was a good hour and a half before we realized, uh, oops, I did a dumb. But no, it was still a good time. And uh, uh, we're looking at doing that again, uh, taking Little D along. Uh, we got a, we'll have a bike trailer handy. And yeah. Oh, that, that sounds good. And I think I've seen some photos from that bike trip. And I may have used one to like Photoshop your hair blonde once for a revenge thing. So I can think of the photo that you're talking about, and that actually you didn't have to alter that. I was just I was outside. We were at the school that uh, Mrs. D was just about to start teaching at at the time, and we were out on the roof because roof access is uh, much more of a thing over there than it is here. And it was just that day in August where it was you know really sunny and I just hit my hair the right way and yeah, I looked blonde. 
I no, I I did a little bit of touch up. I like I I enhanced the blonde. I mean, it was already blonde. I I may have looked quite a while at your Facebook photos to be like, which one of these is going to be the easiest? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the one with the sun. Yep. And I'm like, ah, okay. So yeah. it is. There is a little bit of Photoshop enhancement to that, but uh, you know, you have to have some fun with it, and uh, yeah. So no, I, so uh, South Korea. Um, <clears throat> are you are you excited to be back? I, I know you're talking about some of the things that you want to do, um, but I've also known from past conversations with these some of the places that you've had to be assigned have been better than others. So. Where, where does South Korea rank of all the places you've been stationed? Is this, is this, hey, one of the better places, or is this like, eh, we can tolerate it, or is this like, I'll be counting down the days on this year? <laughs> uh, so that is actually a really hard one to answer because uh, all the places we've been, and to give you give you the timeline, uh, from September of '09 to September of '11, I was in western, uh, far western Germany about a half hour north of Trier. Um, then I was on Guam for nearly four years. Then we did Korea. And then in 2016, uh, when my dog pooped on your floor, uh, we were on our way to England. And we were there for two and a half years. Uh, we lived in Oxford, which was or just, okay, just south of Oxford uh, uh, for those uh, two and a half years. As far as which is the you know how how do we rack and stack that is a really hard one to answer for all four of those locations everyone has had something that's really good everyone has had something that's kind of eh, british traffic horrible absolutely horrible uh, especially in london um i do not recommend the cardiac patients drive in london i say this having been one and having done that um the the thing with korea it was a sleeper hit uh, for a little bit of background, Kunsan is, uh, you cannot bring families there. But as I mentioned earlier, uh, Mrs. D was teaching at a school um, in, in country. Well, the added wrinkle to that was that was up by the other base, two and a half hours away by bus. So I saw Mrs. D from Friday evening to Sunday evening for pretty much a year some some breaks in that but um like the bike trip and they had some uh christmas and new year's a little little different but for the most part that year was uh yeah i was down at kunsan in the in a cramped little dorm during the week and then up there at our house on the weekend despite that korea was a sleeper hit we had a great time there the the positives far outweigh the negatives um and this time we'll actually be living in the same freaking roof or under the same roof <clears throat> so that'll be nice uh that's a whole lot of word salad to maybe not actually answer your question um i mean it, it, it gives the idea that you know okay it wasn't bad it had downsides but yeah i mean clearly there's some willingness to go back it's not like you're like you know grabbing the door frame like no don't <laughs> take me <laughs> you know? yeah I, and to be clear i had to volunteer to go back um i was supposed to be here for four years um due to 
big Air Force changing the rules as far as how long you have to be uh, somewhere. Uh, career progression implications really came into into play. Um, some other factors, but that was that was one of them. Um, I'm going to so, guess one of the others is you've been here for like a year and yet I haven't come see you. You're like, well, damn it, he's missing his chance. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> yep, it's all because of you, Kidder and Howard. And who are you? <laughs> I'm throwing Kidder so hard, I'm I'm bashing him while he's not even here to defend himself. I, I was going to say, I think that fireball is affecting you. <laughs> that fake whiskey is going right to your head. <laughs> So yeah, I um, back in December, I was talking to my uh, assignments officer. And there's one person who controls all the assignments for all of us um, peasants, and uh, I was uh, just saying, "Hey, this is where we're at. We're looking to you know go back overseas. Um, career progression questions. You know, don't want to be stagnant at all." Uh, long story short, it was in the middle of um of a uh, an assignment selection window. And uh, she said, well, I have this one. I, you want to do a short tour? You want to go to somewhere for 12 months? And I was looking at the list of what was available. I'm like, okay, so you're going to be talking about Korea. And out of like the six options that were available in Korea, I'm like, I, I was able to rule them out really, really quickly. So it was like, you're going to send me to support the army, aren't you? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, Okay. Can I get back to Europe after that? And she's like, well, of course, nothing's a golden ticket, but uh, you will you will increase your chances of doing so. So I'm like, hey, Mrs. D, here's a situation. Let's go. So, Yeah, can you're, if I'm not mistaken, your ultimate goal would be to get back to Germany. If, if Germany, yes. Yeah. Yeah. If not Germany, then somewhere in Europe. If not somewhere in Europe, then anywhere overseas with the exception of Hawaii and Guam, simply because we've done the island life and we're not really interested in going back right now just for the whole family standpoint. We got great memories of Guam, um, but it's just not a good time for us to be there knowing what is there and knowing what we need for the whole family uh, to kind of thrive there. And I, I say that more from a... Uh, professional standpoint, not like uh, amenities. Do you have what you need? Medical kind of thing. Does he got what you need uh, from those standpoints? Uh, so let me let me just ask because I, I know you've stayed in Germany. That was your first assignment. Was that the best? Is that why you want to get back there? I, I know there's a nostalgia <laughs> aspect to it, but I, I'm just just asking. <laughs> yeah. There is, yeah. So. Germany was, I mean, you know, first assignment, first place I lived on my own. I mean, never mind the fact that I had been married and divorced prior to that. I had my own place at the time, but it was up here in Grand Forks. And, you know, being really close to home, it didn't, it didn't feel like it was on my own per se. Um, so that's my side of it. Mrs. D had been living in Germany for a minute prior to us meeting. She's from the West Coast in uh, the state. She's American, as, as you know. Um, but that was uh, her real uh, big branch out and, you know, kind of establishing herself uh, in her adult life as well. And that's where she uh, discovered a love for uh, uh, teaching, which is why she's going for her PhD in international education right now. But that was, I mean, that was her home for quite a while. 
and it wasn't like like she didn't live anywhere near any of the bases like Ramstein, Spangdalem, any of the army bases that are kind of peppered around there. She was up in uh, Braunschweig, which is, I don't know how close it is to Denmark, but it's pretty close to Denmark. It was about a five hour train ride. No, it was a five hour drive, eight hour train ride, um, 500 ish kilometers uh, away, i.e. from Grand Forks to Twin Cities in terms of distance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so and she wasn't uh i think she was either loosely aware or just not aware at all that there were american bases over there prior to us meeting because she was nowhere near them she would have had no reason to um come across any americans in that part of the country so so yeah that was um there was a lot of nostalgia in our own rights but then of course we met there and uh where we hit it off. So yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of different factors that um, uh, really appeal or give Germany a lot of appeal uh, in particular. No, I, I get it. It's uh, you know, I think that everybody finds that fondness for that, that kind of first place where they're on their own. Uh, Like Lefty and I have talked about, one of these days, when we both decide to retire, we're going out to Western Montana, Idaho. Even though you know North Dakota is our home and we love it here, there's a little bit of a nostalgia for that that mountain life we lived when we were first married out there. So we'd like to go back, and it seems like a nice place to just okay, we're retired, <laughs> we're good, <laughs> but that's a long ways off, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> So I was gonna say you got a few minutes before uh, before that time comes around. Uh. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I do, and I I'm enjoying what I'm doing right now. So it's mm. <laughs> you know I will probably be one of those you know eventual old decrepit people in the in the historical society that's like oh, God, will he just retire? Because <laughs> there's some people like it's a fun place to work and it's a good job and. We have definitely some people who have like hung on past retirement because like it's not that bad of a job. So yeah, you, you know it's a good place when people are like, "Nope, you'll have to pry me from the desk <laughs> to get me out of here." So, but okay, so let's see. We talked a little bit Germany, a little bit Korea, and yeah, I, I knew Guam. I didn't realize you'd been in Guam for four years. That- Just about. It was uh, three years and nine months. Yep. That's that's quite a bit. And Guam is like so in the middle of nowhere, you know, that there's got to be some real challenges to living in Guam. Just just differences. Uh, Really, the biggest challenge that we came across is there's just so much stuff that doesn't deliver to a P.O. box on Guam. Uh, So like. I forget. There were there were things that did, things that didn't. It depended on who you talked to. Um, I thought it was kind of silly that uh, some companies won't deliver to a PO box on Guam, but they will deliver to an APO box on Guam, which is like the military mail system. The in fairness to that, they what they're actually doing is shipping it to California, and then it gets piped into the military mail system. So they they really aren't shipping to APO per se on Guam. 
because in the same building as the PO boxes, but whatever. Um, the biggest challenge I'd say is avoiding island fever. The the people that we came across that were the most miserable were the ones that didn't get out, didn't do anything. They'd stay at home all day and watch Netflix, and they would hate on the local population. And oh yeah, by the way, they're Americans too. Um, there was one. There was one person in particular who put on one of the Facebook pages for the base. I just saw somebody walk into some store and they walked out with a whole bunch of bags and like, who should I report that to? And somebody else was like, that's called shopping, you dummy. Just finding things to nitpick about. I, but um, but yeah, it was. So the being on the island and to, to the comments of trying to avoid island fever. The island is 26 miles long, north to south, and then anywhere between 4 and 11 miles uh, wide, east to west. So you can drive around the island in an hour and a half to two hours, like completely circumnavigate. But there's still plenty to do. You just got to be willing to get off your butt and go out and do stuff, look stuff, hiking, scuba. We still got our uh, snorkeling gear here. We never actually get scuba gear uh, all out scuba gear, but we definitely have our snorkel gear. Uh, we got our tennis rackets. So we played tennis, uh, lots of hiking, um, lots of good food. We, uh, we ordered sushi from one place in particular so much that I would drive down cause we lived on base at the time. Um, I would start driving down to Tumon, which is on the, the Western, uh, part of the island. There was a little road down there called the strip similar to Vegas. Just no casinos and no debauchery. Um, but it was a, about a half hour drive and it would be a half hour or so for him to get a sushi order. It got to the point where I would start driving. Mrs. D would call up. Uh, Hi, I'd like to place an order. They're like, oh, yeah, we'll see Big D in 20 minutes. I'm like, yes, they knew they knew our order. We had a we had a pizza place like that in Eureka, Montana, when we lived there, because we would we would do pizza. Usually it was Friday night. You know, and so we would call and they would, they would pick up and they're like, you want the usual? Yes, please. All right. 20 minutes. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah. It's a small town vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, it, there, you have to admit, there is kind of something nice about like that. Oh, you recognize me and not in a, you know, like. They weren't ever like upset about it. I, I'm sure it was like, oh yeah, it's it's these guys. It's the you know the usual order. There's no fuss. We we didn't cause problems. How many people live on Guam? You know what what, what uh, estimate? I don't expect you to know it exactly off the top of your head, but ballparking, it's somewhere in between 160 and 170 thousand. Okay, it's more than I thought. And that's, I believe that is not counting uh, military population because there's the the Air Force base and then there's the the Navy base down on the southwestern part of the island. That's a that's still that's a lot of people for for an island that size. Uh huh. Wow. I was I was expecting it to be a lower a much lower population count. I was I don't know I guess I was like maybe a thousand people. 
<laughs> so. Yeah. Well, I, I, I had no idea either. I had to look it up uh, a little while after I got there. I'm like, how the hell many people are there? It's like, it's a lot of people. I it, it, Okay, so now I have to ask. So is there a lot of like apartment buildings and apartment living or just small housing? Kind of your usual city spread where a bit of apartments, bit of residential, bit of the palatial... It, it's a big mix. It, it's actually pretty representative of your typical urban suburban area in uh, in the Midwest. Actually, you got some standalone houses. You have apartments. You have uh, housing complexes, HOA type uh, nonsense. Um, yeah, you got your your wide mix. the The only thing that's kind of different is that not every house has a driveway. Like you'll have the road, but then they'll just be grass and you just turn into and just pull up and it's like, oh yeah, there's a house, you know, 30 yards away and no concrete driveway, but still park right in front of that. Houses like sizing wise, all the houses that I've been in, um, and I am referencing your townhouse from when, <laughs> when my dog pooped on your floor. Um, a lot of houses are probably between that and three times the square footage so it can some of those houses can get up to three thousand square feet pretty easily yeah yeah because i was gonna say the uh the condo was uh 1600 square feet it was like 1660 yeah so and, and really you know you could just use as a time reference the time you and beth came to visit you don't have to keep putting it as the time my dog pooped on your garage floor well, <laughs> so it, it poop is a fun word so <laughs> just just makes it like hey it's the one time we got to see you and like that's the thing that you remember <laughs> Not the restaurant we took you to, or any of like. And I felt so bad that. about it. We came back and there was that giant steamer on your carpet. And I'm like, oh no, <laughs> that that wasn't even the worst. Uh, my brother-in-law lived with us for a while, and he was dating a girl who got a dog for emotional support, and it was this little puppy. And they left it in my garage one one day, and like came back like three hours later, and there was like. It had like pooped and peed like in eight different places throughout my garage. Oh, <laughs> and I still ended up being the one cleaning it up. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 yeah. Like, I, I don't even really remember your dog. Taking a mess on our floor. It's like, that was not the most traumatizing thing that happened to the, her floor in that place. <laughs> <laughs> so, but. Oh, okay. Well, great. I, I'm learning more about Guam, and I, I was disappointed. We never, like, Lefty and I have a, a couple of times before we had kids talked about, like, visiting you and Beth wherever you were. You know, we, we thought about Guam. Um, Plane tickets yeah. were horrendous. It would have been, like, 3200 bucks for both of y'all total. Hey, well, we we're constant savers, so we would have looked at what the cost would have been. We would have saved up for it. And such like we, we also thought about that when you were over in England. It's like, well, it could be fun to go to England and such. We just haven't. We had other things pop up, <laughs> so all sorts of all sorts of fun uh, problems. Because you know, I'm basically Charlie Brown. <laughs> I, I I kid you not. I, so 
so I'm I'm family free this weekend, Big D. And last night I was up till one in the morning uh, getting this week's podcast edited, and I got it rendered. And then like Junior was up at five, <laughs> and then they got up. Uh, lefty started getting them up at like six thirty or no six o'clock. Um, and so like I had to hold little miss while she got junior up and helped him get in the car and all of that. And I'm like, okay, I should go back to bed. And I, I slept for a little bit. Finally got up. I'm like, okay, let's go get some food. Oh, we got some food. I'm sitting there cooking something for breakfast and literally go to grab the pan out of the oven and ended up burning my thumb. I think you oh, didn't even see. Kind of, yeah. Because that was one of those, like, I started pulling it up, and it's like, I could tell it was burning. And I'm like, I'm either dropping this on the floor, trying to throw it back in the oven, or I'm just getting it out. And I'm like, tag with it. I got it out. <laughs> so I've had this. So I have all these projects that I want to do today, and it's like on my thumb. And so I keep bumping the damn thing. It's just been pain all day. <laughs> And then just because I didn't get enough sleep, I've been fighting a headache and came back downstairs. I'm like, okay, let's check the podcast. Oh, what? It didn't render? <laughs> start is that. He, start is that the editing again. was done, right? Yeah. So I had to start the render again at uh, 4 o'clock because that's usually when I put it up on YouTube. And I usually put it up on there because I usually leave work around 4.30. And one of the last things I do before I leave work is I... I set up the post to announce the YouTube version on our Facebook page. It's the last thing I do. I got it all set. I'll schedule it. So I have it come up at four. So four, like 15 comes around. Local geek texts me. He goes, hey, Howard, just so you know, podcast's not on YouTube yet. Of course <laughs> like, he did. <laughs> like, I know. It just stopped. Right. It just finished rendering. I'm uploading it now. Damn it. <laughs> It's like I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's up. I got it up. <laughs> but I just had to laugh. I'm like, seriously, the one time I'm having enough enough day. <laughs> let it go, local geek. Let it go. So that's okay. I can't complain too much. He is like the biggest fan of the show. <laughs> <laughs> So after South Korea, you said you want to go back to Europe. And we've kind of been talking about these places positively. And you said that with all of these places, there are good sides and bad sides. What's been the worst thing you've had to kind of deal with? Let's see here. Uh, just kind of popcorn and things here. Uh, cherry picking. Uh, I, I mentioned British traffic. Uh, there was... Uh, in two respects, one on the uh, the motorway M6 going from Oxford up to Inverness, Scotland, should be an eight-hour drive. Definitely took us twelve because M6 is uh, anecdotally M6 is um, pretty horrible for traffic on the weekend, i.e., Friday afternoon. Um, in London, a uh, <laughs> couple of things there. Um, there's what's known as a congestion zone, which I had loosely been briefed on what that was, but not completely. I was given to believe it depended on whether your car burned uh, regular gas or petrol or diesel. I didn't have a diesel engine. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. Good to go. 
it's the congestion charge is certain areas within London where you cannot drive unless you live there or you pay you hop online and you pay the 11 pound per day uh thing like 15 bucks i think at the time and then you're good for 24 hours good to go no problem completely blew it off well i got a uh a penalty notice in in the post for having contravened british law and i was given a uh fine yeah i guess fine invoice if you will for 360 pounds which was i forget it's ballparking like 500 bucks at the time but if you pay within the first if you pay within the first two weeks it's it's half as much and you can also elect to dispute it which i did i knew i was gonna uh, lose, but I also bought myself some time. Uh, said, you know, I have visiting forces. This is what we were told. And it was the response was written in the most finger wagging British way possible. And I don't say that pejoratively. It just had the we, I read it, Mrs. D read, it, and she's like, they're just wagging their fingers at us. Um, so yeah, ultimately paid uh, 180 pounds because um, it's all everything's cameras over there the um the other fun part is traffic cameras all over the place for bus lanes congestion zones red lights and speed now they're very kind to you and they tell you with the speed cameras they paint hash marks on the road so you see where the start of the scanning area is and where the end of the scanning area is trouble is in london that shit goes over only half of an intersection. And oh yeah, there's probably a red light camera there too. So if you're in a hurry, pick your poison. <laughs> so it is a man, just hearing all this, it makes me wonder how they ever filmed uh top gear in England, but it also probably explains why they filmed so many segments outside of England because of that. Yeah. Uh, probably. But- but my other my other follow-up question that I had when you were talking about disputing it, I just I'm just curious if on that, like I don't know if it was a form that you filled out to dispute it, if they had just as an option, like why you're disputing this as I'm just a dumb American. <laughs> you know, was that an option? Just like I'm sorry. <laughs> no, nah, as I recall, it was pretty straightforward. It was you you hop online, they give you a website and a reference number, and you just type in um what you're doing with it and you're paying it or you're disputing it. And then you just type in your narrative as far as why. And then that's pretty much it. So here's all, here's all free form. Yeah. It, it's just, yeah. It, I I wonder how many people make that mistake, you know, lots. It, it's gotta be lots. Now, if they're visiting and they're renting and that goes to the rental company and then they eventually track you down, you you could blow it off um if you do you probably don't want to go back to england but you could blow it off because nobody representing the crown is going to extradite your butt for having failed to pay a a traffic ticket (laughs) but they will get theirs if you ever go back (laughs) (laughs) yeah man you know that's that's actually like it, it just to you know besides england but it's part of the reason i don't like driving in in big cities or at all it's because things like figuring out parking you know navigating 
try not to break traffic laws while doing it. Yeah. I just, man, I'll stick to my small towns where, <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I know how to get there. <laughs> so in Germany, so the whole, you can drive as fast as you want on the Autobahn. Mostly true. I think you've told me about this. Yeah. But go ahead. Yeah. There are. Yeah. I, I remember recounting it for one of the episodes in the past, but we'll just do it again because, Hey, it's, it's kind of, I, I laugh at it now because it wouldn't break my bank now, but if you drive into any European country, you'll see a big blue sign with a picture of a cityscape and a number with a red circle. That's enforced speed limit in the city. You'll have a cityscape with a red line, and then same thing. Uh, black number, white background, red circle, enforced speed limit. There'll also be, and future Howard, if you want to grab one of these uh, signs, perhaps. Um, I, I still have the graphic from the last time we talked about it. So I did put it up in the, in the run sheet, didn't I? <laughs> um, you'll have a funny-looking H, which is motorway. To us American types, we call that the interstate. They call it the motorway. Or Autobahn, Autostrada in Italy, Autoroute in French. Uh, insert other languages that I can say poorly here. Um, in Germany specifically, it is not that black number, white background, red circle for enforced speed limit. It is a blue filled in square with a number for recommended speed limit. Our analog to that would be you're on the interstate, exit ramp, yellow speed limit sign, recommended. But there are areas in Germany that have enforced speed limits, most notably in major areas, uh, major urban areas, rather, and uh, interchanges from one Autobahn to the other. And I blew one off. And that also happened to be a, a blind turn where the pullets I were waiting, like, eh, I'm over here. And then... Sure enough, I got a, and I knew it was coming, but I got a, a bill in the mail for 95 euros. And when you're in E3 and you're making at the time like $19,000 a year in 2010, uh, <laughs> that's a whole lot of your paycheck. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Cool. I, you know, I, I have, uh, for the most part, avoided most like speeding tickets and such i'm a pretty conservative driver i have one uh and i i, I still can't believe i got it uh, lefty and i were traveling home um from und um it was thanksgiving and it was the it was the thanksgiving where my brother was um down in the icu in rapid city when he was battling leukemia and we're we're driving to bismarck because the plan was to, to drive to bismarck um, do Thanksgiving with her family and then the next day drive down to Rapid City and then see my brother. <clears throat> and it was one of those fun North Dakota winter storms where the wind's blowing. And so as you're driving along the interstate, you have sections where there's nothing blocking the wind and snow and it's just a whiteout. And, and so not, I wasn't driving with cruise control because that would be stupid. <laughs> during this and i was going into one of these these whiteouts and so i was focused on trying to make sure i stayed on the road because it's not like the interstate is just perfectly straight and there's no obstacles <laughs> so mm -hmm. um just trying to focus on that and it came out of it 
the white out and I happened to be going like eight over the speed limit and some highway patrol pulled me over. <laughs> and I'm sure, I'm sure in his mind, it's, I got to stop this guy from speeding. Doesn't he realize it's a snowstorm? <laughs> I tried to explain to him like, I was just trying to stay in the lines. I wasn't watching my speedometer at that point. Sorry if I got a little heavy footed <laughs> to go on through. I'm assuming the speed limit at that point was like 30. <laughs> Uh, no, because this was interstate. So, I mean, you could still oh, go yeah. 75, you know. So, I was going a bit over, but I told my parents, like, I, I when I got to Rapid City, I'm like, I just, you know, I got a speeding ticket. Because they they were paying my insurance. So, they were going to see my insurance go up. Oh, yeah. Said speeding ticket. So, I'm like, I'm just going to tell you, here's what happened. They're like, yeah, just pay it. <laughs> so, uh, but but the other one, and I don't know if I've ever told you this, uh, Big D, but I actually, for the longest time, it finally went off my record a couple of years ago. Uh, but for the longest time I had on my record, I had a, uh, um, gosh, was it record? I, I can't remember if it was, oh, it was an exhibition driving ticket on my record. <laughs> you wild have child. I ever, have I ever told you this story? I feel like you did, but re- recount. <laughs> So, so for the audience, uh, when I got my first vehicle, it was a um, 1986 Jeep Cherokee Laredo, um, and it w- with beautiful, beautiful red interior, <laughs> straight out of the 80s. It was great, uh, but it had no acceleration. It had no get up and go. So you could floor this thing, and it would still just slowly tick up. Uh, so I just got in the habit of flooring it all the time because why not? So that was my vehicle. That's what I got trained on driving on and, uh, comes high school and it's prom (laughs) and for prom, my Jeep Cherokee, not the best prom vehicle. Uh, so my mom's like, well, yeah, take my brand new Yukon with new tires. It'll be great. It'll be safe. It'll be nice. Okay, great. I'm not used to this car whatsoever. You know, driving. And end of the dance, we're we're heading back to my place to to change and then go to the after party. And I'm backing up. And the plan was just to you know, hey, back up, turn, you know, you know, kind of back up in an arc and then pull forward and out. Kind of a nice, you know, like M maneuver. And uh, because I was so not used to driving that car and the tires. I ended up doing like a police turn 180 spin with this thing. And like the car stops. I'm like, oh my gosh, everybody okay? I'm so sorry. I'm so not used to driving this car. And the one uh, gentleman who we were with uh, for prom, because uh, we were kind of double dating it, and there it goes, he goes, I'm okay, but you're about to get a ticket. And sure enough, across the street at the gas station was a sheriff. <laughs> deputy and he lit me up like that i'm just like put it so i got an 86 dollar exhibition driving ticket because he thought that i did it on purpose (laughs) and i I told him honestly you know like i'm sorry it's not my car i'm not used to it and i just it's like i kind of joke i'm like who does exhibition driving in a chevy yukon (laughs) you know 
<laughs> I'll be happy you didn't get that ticket in Minnesota. Been four times as much. I'm sure. I, again, this was one of those like we went back to my place. Everybody was changing. I told my parents what happened. They're like, "We'll pay the ticket." I'm like, "Thank you." <laughs> Because they knew. They're like, you told him, right? I'm like, I did, but I'm a kid, so they don't believe me. They think I'm trying to show off for my prom date, who is just a friend of mine who, you know, I went with because I could. I'm going to pour myself this other uh, <clears throat> ginger beer. I don't know if you were planning on having a second. Uh, I've already been going at it uh, in the spirit of leftovers. Here's a glass of uh, 19 Crimes uh I forget if it's Cabernet or Merlot. I don't know. It's ha it was half empty. Now it's not. Um, but while you're pouring that, for what it's worth, uh, if we're talking about horrible tickets, I will preface this by saying I did not experience this one. Um, however, what we were briefed when I first got to England is speeding tickets in particular. It, it's not like that, uh, that congestion charge uh, that I was bitching about a moment ago where it's like a fixed fine, like, you know, most fines are. Speeding tickets in England, they will, um, they won't take a fixed amount of money so much as they will take a percentage of your weekly pay, whatever that calculates out to be. Mm. So for a one to 10 mile per hour over, because they go mile per hour over there, um, that is... Under British law, they can legally uh, require you to pay a fine of 125 to 175% of your weekly pay. So with us living there at the time, that would have been the 125% would have been like 1200 bucks. Ouch. Yeah. So you best believe I followed those speed limits. <laughs> I, I just want to... Just say, because um, I, I am as I said, trying this Griffin uh, ginger beer. Um, this stuff is excellent. It's made with honey. Just because I nice. read that on there. Um, that has a much, a much smoother and sweeter taste. I oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, the second one's better than the first. I, I'm going to put it that way. So, hey, for you, if you're making your own Moscow Mule, skip this stuff if you can. Get this stuff. Sorry, audio listeners. That joke works better visually. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, you know, I tried my hardest not to get speeding tickets and and such. You know, that's again. I I grew up one in South Dakota where speeding tickets were like astronomical. So you just don't speed because <laughs> those ones are, those ones hurt. <laughs> you know. Um, I, you know, but again, because like, ah, my insurance goes up. A lot of times, like, growing up, it's like, man, my parents are giving me a car. I would like to keep said car because <laughs> it's nice to have that autonomy to drive places. A little bit. So I, I never got a, a ton of them. I really like the two that I've told you are pretty much, I think those are the only tickets I've gotten. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a failure to yield accident. I did the the Cherokee Laredo did get hit once. I honestly believe the guy was speeding. It was one of those like I was turning left. And it's a section of road. Um, this was in Spearfish. There's a section when you were coming into town where it drops down. It goes from a 55 down to a 35. Uh -huh. 
and I don't think this guy really was slowing down to the correct speed because I looked and I'm like, I have a plenty of room for a gap to turn. And I looked over and I looked and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go. And he was right there and just clipped the end of me. And so I got uh-huh. a failure to yield. I'm like, I think he was going faster than he should have been. But again, I was the younger <laughs> driver in that one. So I got the ticket. Yeah. But. Dumbest is the dumbest ticket I've ever gotten. I've only gotten two speeding tickets in. Well, yeah, only two speeding tickets. Um, the second one was definitely the dumber one because I was coming home from a friend's house. Um, I feel like it was spring break, freshman year, and one thirty in the morning, I sped past the cop who pulled me over. <laughs> Do the left lane, the speed limit was 55. I'm like, screw this, I'm going around. And then I'm uh, pulling onto, I was on 35E South, heading on to 94. And all of a sudden, the, the car I passed getting really, really close, like this close up on me. I'm like, oh crap. Hey, he's way up there, really close. I mean, get this guy off me. Yeah, I hope he's not a cop. Three seconds later, woo! <laughs> but I was 19 and dumb. Yeah. No, those those are it. I've I've been pulled over a couple of t- other times, um, but not gotten a ticket. Uh, I had one. Kidder was in the car for this. This is a good story. Uh, we had gone down to uh, to South Dakota to the South Dakota School of Mines and Technology. My sister was going to school there. She was um, doing a production, and I can't remember if it was. She's either doing Avenue Q, which. Just remind me, Big D. Were were you along for? I've I've not seen it, but you described what it was, and so mm-hmm. I, I I chuckle at the premise, but I've not actually seen it. I I well, I, I was gonna ask. I I think, and I and I realized who it was. I think uh, your first wife was in the car with myself, Kidder, Farvut. I can't remember if you were there. And I was playing music, including music from Avenue Q and the song um, The Internet is for Porn came on and had everybody singing it except her. And she was mortified. But I can't remember if you were in the car for that one. I, I doubt it because, I, A, I don't think we'd fit. And, B, I feel like I would remember that. It, yeah, that was a good one. Um, but anyway. She would uh, not be mortified today, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so was, my sister was either doing Avenue Q or it was uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights, uh, which which is kind of an interesting story. It's the only theatrical production ever done of Robin Hood Men in Tights. There isn't a play. She literally went so far as to reach out to Mel Brooks to ask for the right to, to do the show. <laughs> and yeah, so it's the only stage for her. Anyway, it was one of those two shows and we, we'd gone to that. We were on our way back. And one of those things, I had the cruise control on, cruising along, going the speed limit, especially because I have Kidder in the car, and <laughs> Kidder's the kind of asshole who pulls up his speedometer, you know, his accelerometer on his phone and checks your speed, especially if he thinks you're speeding. Of course he does. Because <laughs> my odometer, like my odometer in the in the Matrix is just slightly off, and I know it. I mean, your speedometer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... 
It, I, I don't know how many actual shots of vodka I'm up to, so let's just be glad I could form a sentence. Um, <laughs> yeah, so my speedometer. Was, how many fingers am I holding up? Uh, one, and that's inappropriate, Big D. This is a family <laughs> show. Uh, future Harold will bleep it out. Anyway, continue. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the, sp- the speedometer is off, and I know it. Like, hey, if it is, it's really if you go about three miles over, you're actually then going the speed limit. So he, of course, checks. So, of course, I'm going the speed limit. And it's one of those situations where semi truck, right? So I know I'm going to pass the semi truck. Somebody else has started to pass, but I'm definitely going faster than the car that's passing. And it's that situation where you hope that they make the pass. And you don't have to turn off your cruise control and slow down, right? Uh-huh. You know that situation. Yeah. So that's the situation. <laughs> that's the situation I'm in, and the 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 car in front of me gets past the semi, and I'm about to like I'm right about to step on my brake, turn off my cruise because I was getting right up on their bumper. You know, I'm still a safe distance, but I was getting right up on them, and then and they turn on their cruise or they um. I'm, I'm getting closer. They turn on their turn signal. Turn signal means you're going to move over. So I'm like, okay, I don't need to turn off my cruise control because they should be moving over and I'll go past them. Yep. Well, they, they, they didn't move over. They like kept their turn signal on for like five or 10 seconds. <laughs> like they, they, they had the space. They could have moved over, but they did. And so I got right up on their bumper. And of course, and I, I was paying attention. I turned my, you know, like I hit the brake and all that. They finally moved over and we would pass and they were very upset about it. The passenger actually climbed into the back seat or, you know, as far as she could to flip me off as we went by because she was that enraged. We keep going. We get to crown the crown butte exit. We stop because lefty needed to use the restroom and we watch, Kidder and I watch as this Morton County Sheriff deputy comes off the interstate there and he circles around the building. Kidder and I are like, Kidder's like, huh? Because he, he knows law enforcement. He's like, huh? We go and we, we, we get back on our way. We maybe go three, four miles and that Morton County Sheriff pulls us over. He goes, yeah, we, uh, we got a call reporting a, you know, your vehicle driving erratically. The people who failed to move over were so upset they called and reported me. The Morton County Sheriff's like, I've been behind you now for about five, six miles. He goes, you're driving perfectly fine. I'm like, and I told him what happened. I'm like, this is what happened. They were very upset about it. I said, but nobody was any in actually any danger. Nobody got close. I was paying attention. I don't know why they were that mad about it. He goes, okay, well, he goes, they didn't stick around to make a complaint, so I don't really have their story. So uh, you're almost to Bismarck. That's where you're going. Safe travels. <laughs> so it's like I got pulled over and didn't get a ticket. So woohoo, which is Thank good you. because, <laughs> you know, if I had gotten a ticket, 
Kidder would never have let me <laughs> one down, especially with him being in the car. <laughs> oh, no. To, to this day, yeah, with us all being darn near 40, uh, yeah, <laughs> he would still bring that up. It'd be at the bottom of his old-fashioned glass after he finished the cherry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other one, and I wasn't driving, but it's still a great story. So when I was in high school, uh, I, I was good friends with the band director's son. Um We'll just call him Foggy because his real name is Chris, and that gets a little confusing. Anyway, so Foggy is driving his dad's car. And when I mean his dad's car, not his everyday driver, his dad gave him permission. Um, this was our, like, summer of freshman year of college. We're going out to a friend's house who lives way out kind of north of Bismarck. But he, he this car is it's like a 1950s Cadillac. Oh, my. Red and white convertible pristine i'm already nervous i mean this car is gorgeous and we're allowed to drive this thing you know so foggy's driving we're out at our friend's place uh we we, we actually were out there having a water gun fight in the dark which if you've never had a water gun fight in the dark so much better because there's nothing like walking around the dark and all of a sudden from the bush you get hit with a spray of water it's it's like psychological horror mixed with a water gun fight it's it's excellent um i'm too old to engage in this now but hey for the kids who might be you know have made it this far of two guys in their near 40s give that one a try um so we we had done that it was three in the morning we're on our way back and because we're coming in on rural roads, you know, and such, you know, and it's, there's deer and Foggy doesn't want to hit a deer with his dad's car. He's going like 35 in a 55. So he's driving slow because okay. he doesn't, doesn't want to damage the car. Fair enough. And uh, roads at night. Yeah. So we're, we're coming uh, basically along river road. There's a spot where you can turn up and head up towards Washington and we come off of this and we had actually had this car that had pulled right up on our tail and then dropped back off. And they followed us as we made this turn off of river road and up and all of a sudden we're, we're lit up and here it is a sheriff who, uh, who pulls over his BS excuse for pulling us over. And I do say it was BS was that we had crossed the center line. Um, we hadn't, uh, but he was, you know, teenagers in a car going 35 and a 55 at three in the morning. He was probably thinking we were going to a party <laughs> or, <laughs> or coming home from. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, he told her and, and finally he just, you know, told but no, we're coming in from a friend's house out in the country. He goes, this is my dad's car. I'd hate to hit a deer. It's, you know, this road is notorious for deer. He goes, so I'm driving slow. And the, the guy goes, well, okay. I just had to pull your because you're only going like freaking 35, Grandpa. <laughs> you know, and he goes to run his information. And he's like, can he call me Grandpa? <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> we made it home safely. <laughs> I just always remember that one. Freaking thirty-five, Grandpa. <laughs> That's awesome. I definitely thought that the the moment you started emphasizing the 
the level of pristineness of this car, I thought that it was going to get folded around the telephone pole or something. Yeah, no, no. It just, I just, I wanted to express just why he would go like, uh-uh, I'm not speeding. I'm going to, I'm getting this car home safely. <laughs> so, all, all good things, all good times. Speaking of speaking of cars, this is this is one of the the rare times when I bring up the uh, the first wife. Although I guess she's been referenced three times in this episode now. Yeah, that's a record. Um, I did not bear witness to this, but apparently after we split up, she bought a brand new car, like a brand new car. And I don't know if she had gap insurance or not, but apparently drove it off the lot and into an itch. I did not witness this. I only heard about it. I don't know if any part was being embellished to me because uh, I was really, really bitter at the time. And it, literally, I was still in my, you know, 23 at the time. So bitter, bitter guy at the time. Um, I don't know how much of that was played up, but yeah, if if true, I'm like, that's just... <laughs> yeah, oof. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, I've been in my fair share of uh, of auto accidents, and they're never fun. No. Nah. My so, very first one, I inadvertently rear-ended a pastor when I was 16. <laughs> in downtown St. Paul. Yeah. My uh, my first one I, I mentioned was the uh, the Jeep getting hit. Uh, the second one was when my, uh, Grand Am got totaled. That was the one where I was collateral damage to, uh, I, I, have you not heard about this one? I think I have, but that, yeah. that sounds like college time frame, which my memories are kind of loose yeah. and scattered. Well, and, and if I'm not mistaken, I think you might've been gone by then. Possibly. Because I think you graduated and had gone back to the cities. Yeah. And I was still up in Grand Forks. Um, but I was, I had gone back to school um, after I didn't get hired for education. Um, because I learned that I was three classes away from my history degree. And my advisor, who was kind of crap, did not tell me I was three classes away from having my history degree. And we're talking about the bachelor, not the masters. Correct. I had taken I had taken enough history classes that if I took three more, I, I could have also, you know, I would have had a double major. I would have had a. That's right, because your 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 actual major was education. Correct. Okay, Correct. gotcha. So it's like, well, what the hell? I'll go back and and try and get this, and I'll pick up a special ed minor because. That might help me get a job. So I was going. I was going to class, and I was on. Um, gosh, I think it was Demers, because you had to go from Demers and then turn and go north and then turn on to University. Yeah, my 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 Grand Forks road geography is a little rusty. It's been a while since I've been up there. Yeah, Demers, Columbia University. Yep, correct. So so I'm on Demers in the left hand turn lane. Parked next to a Budweiser truck, which is important to this story. 
we're under a red light car coming towards us runs the red and a car heading south on columbia it collides actually i don't think that's columbia i think columbia is on the other side was it because it's west side of campus what's the one the west side of campus oh no 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 that's the road that's 42nd that goes in front of the alaris correct okay yeah so it's 42nd so car coming towards me car that has the green light on 42nd goes this car hits and they come all the way across the intersection and collide to me in the budweiser truck so uh-huh. i'm collateral damage not involved really in the actual accident uh-huh. um which which you'll appreciate this i was on the phone to my with my mom at the time because we were it was it was winter. It was almost Christmas. We were talking about what the Christmas plans were. <laughs> I'm talking to her, and I on the phone. I just I saw it. like you could tell. I'm like you could see the accident happening. I'm just like, ah, sh-. <laughs> she didn't hear the actual crash, but she's like, what happened? I'm like, as some people got a wreck, and I'm collateral. I need to call the police. It's <laughs> like you're okay. I'm okay. Oh dang. <laughs> But then here, here's where this story gets a little little spicy. The guy who ran the red moved his car. Huh. So by the time the police show up, here's this little beige sedan that's clearly been T-boned in the side. Here's a green Grand Am with the front end of it completely crushed. What's that look like? <laughs> <laughs> Um, it looks like I'm involved, and the the SUV that's involved is down the road. He parked and came back up like as a witness, but like not as the actual person who caused it. And none of us had quite caught that. So the officer starts his investigation. Of course, it's winter, so he's pulling people into his police cruiser. I'm first, and he asks me what happened. I tell him what happened. And you can just tell by his tone. And listen, we we tend to support police officers on this show. Um, we have enough police officers who've been on this show. <laughs> you know, we're very supportive. But this guy was kind of being an asshole and, and implying that I was at fault in this and not believing me that I'm collateral damage on this. For the record, the story is starting to ring a bell. So, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, so I'm the first, you can tell he's got my car, you know, he's got my identification, all that. He's running, he brings in the, the driver who got hit and he didn't see who hit him. He was completely blindsided by it. Yeah. So he, so he wasn't much help. And you could just tell, like, I'm not getting off the hook. The last person he brings into the car was the guy driving the Budweiser truck. <laughs> and thankfully he said, I was sitting at the, you know, the light waiting for it to turn next to the green grand dam. I'm like, yes. <laughs> and, um, you know, after the officer got his statement, he, he released the Bud Light <laughs> truck guy. He released the guy who got hit. I was the last one in the car. And he's just like, as he's handing me back my license, he's like, sorry, I didn't believe you. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should kind of listen to people sometime. He let it slide. I, you know, I think he understood. I was upset. My car was totaled and gone, and I had nothing to do with this. And then to be <laughs> accused of the accident, he's a little bitter. <laughs> yeah. So, 
<laughs> yeah, that one sucked. That one, that one royally sucked. <laughs> so, yeah, been in a couple of accidents. Not fun. <laughs> Not fun. That one was like airbag in the face too. So, oh ugh. man. Yeah, <laughs> luckily no injuries from that. I, I was fine, but lost my car. Yeah. So. <laughs> You're telling that story. You're on your phone with your mom, and you're like, "Oh, sh-. <laughs> definitely brought a, a flashback from Kandahar uh, in Afghanistan when I was there for you know a few months, 2010." I'm I finally get a call out to my parents. I'm at work, you know, little little lull. Um, I was, had a phone card, called called my parents. I'm talking to my mom. We're talking for you know five minutes max at this point. I know the siren's going off. We're getting flipping mortared. <laughs> Gotta go. I'll call you back. And I just hang up and I have to run to the bunker. <laughs> and then I get to the bunker. I'm like, oh, my mom is crapping her pants. <laughs> <laughs> so we get the all clear. I am getting this close to a fist fight to somebody going for the phone. Like, I gotta call my mom right now. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I will have to worry about her more than those guys. Oh, uh, yeah. That, I'm sure. And I'm sure that was terrifying for her. That's... For her, yeah. At that point, it was, um, we had been there for a month at that point, maybe a little more. No, it was more, it was, it was like halfway through, never mind. So we were like, okay. Sirens going off. Let's go. We, we got to run. You know, we got to do our due diligence. But it's like, okay, here we go again. Although there was one that I I, I had just sat down in the porta potty. Like I I just sat down. I'm good to go. Sirens go off. Like I'm not running. Be like, if it's my time, my family will be sad, but they will appreciate the moment. <laughs> Considering between me and one of my cousins, and oh yeah, I got 15 of them, but one in particular. Our uh, flatulence jokes are kind of our forte when we're in the same room together. So it would have been like, yeah, that, that fits. <laughs> I, I mean, listen, if, if people have been watching this show and they, they know you, it just seems appropriate that if Big D is going to go out, it's in the business center. You know, <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> I didn't even make that connection. Well played, you made it for Sebastian. <laughs> so it's on theme, man. It's on theme. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> I the things I can laugh about 15 years later. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, not that I've ever been under border fire, but I, I know that feeling because, I mean, and you probably had this too, living in the dorms at UND, when the fire alarm would go off at like 2, 3 in the morning, and it's that, do I go outside like I'm supposed to, or do I just pretend I'm asleep and sleep through it? You know, <laughs> there was one in freshman year. It was over in Beck Hall, so you would not have experienced this joy. But there was one that was at like 30 below outside. We're out there for 45 minutes. Does somebody jacked up Easy Mac? How do you jack up Easy Mac? I. You know, okay, I, I'm going to share mine, mine that I, I remember and that I was the most upset about. Um, it was one of those working on a paper 
that was due very like i think it was due the next day and i was trying to finish it up two in the morning i'm like it's two in the morning i'm struggling to think i'm gonna go to bed i'm a i'm a morning person naturally i'm like i'm gonna go to bed i'm gonna sleep for a couple of hours i will get up at six i will finish this thing we'll be good so i know more than crawl into my bed i am maybe out for like 20 minutes and the fire alarm goes off and uh i i'm awoken by kidder who's like howard because <laughs> howard fire alarm you have to get up i'm like <laughs> trying to climb off my loft um miss the desk because I used the desk as a step because those yeah. lofts were terrible. I miss stepping on the desk, fall knee first into that linoleum on concrete floor. Oh. You know, on 20 minutes of sleep, hobble my way all the way down because we're on the fourth floor and you're not allowed to use the elevator. Bring a fire. Oh, man. So I have to hobble my way down four flights of stairs. I'm standing out in the parking lot, you know, and most people are kind of groggy and that, and I was just pissed. <laughs> like, ooh, ooh, we're rigging him up. Because <laughs> I was in so much pain at that point. It was somebody had put a bag of popcorn in the microwave for seven minutes. What? Was it frozen? <laughs> I don't get how people don't know how to do microwave popcorn. It is not the hardest thing in the world. But apparently this is a thing, and I, I'll share this one with you, Big D. If you are in a North Dakota state government building, you are not allowed to pop microwave popcorn. And it's a policy that came down because there were at least two incidents within a, like, it was in a short period of time where they had to evacuate the Capitol Tower because somebody burnt microwave popcorn and set off the fire alarm. <laughs> they had to evacuate. So there's a blanket, no microwave popcorn anywhere in a state building because of this. Oh, my goodness. You know, and if that doesn't make it any worse, uh, when I took over this position, the position I'm in, one of the big fiascos was our uh, interpreter center up at the Missouri Yellowstone Confluence. Somebody burned a bag of popcorn, triggering the fire suppression system. And to get that thing refilled was like a 15 grand bill. Oh, man. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Big D's got to step out. We're going to take a quick little intermission. Enjoy this lovely animation of a hamster running across the screen, and we'll be back. So, yeah, little D's just laying down to bed. Uh, it's 9.20 over there. He is so tired. <laughs> Yeah, I I uh, lefty texted me about eleven o'clock to say, "Hey, hope the show's going well." I'm just like, "Oh, you're still awake?" <laughs> so I'm I'm sure my kids are run ragged uh, out at the lake cabin. So at least yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. His little D's big thing of late is he loves stories. So we. Part of the bedtime routine is two different rounds of stories. One are stories that have been put together by an author, an illustrator, and a publishing company. The others are just 
Tell me a story where I fell into a pile of where. What? Where I fell into a pile of where? So he falls into a pile and all he says is where. Okay. Uh, he had another one just now. Tell me a story where I fell into a sticker bush and nobody got me out and I was trapped in there forever, but I got myself out on my own. Like, very detailed. <laughs> so we just pull stuff out of our butts and spend uh, one to two minutes on it. And then he's like, cool, tell me another one. So we go for three or four of these before he, he's... Uh, before it's all said and done. I was surprised with this detailed as that is, I had to just go, all right, the end. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> oh yeah. There, there is no like normal literary process where you have an introduction, you have the story and the conflict and then a conclusion It's just, here's an intro. Here's the stuff. The end. Yeah. Uh, luckily I haven't gotten to that stage. I mean, with it uh junior is pretty good with just it you know we will sometimes negotiate on that, the number of stories he gets uh three is usually the maximum but if it's late then it's like okay buddy one story tonight and then he'll usually go go four <laughs> like wait what no what <laughs> so um and if he's feeling like he's extremely lucky then he'll ask me to read star wars and i was like <laughs> Which the the Star Wars Golden books are, are are good, but like to like he always wants to read a whole trilogy. It's not like he can just read a New Hope. You know, you have to read New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. And it's like, all right, buckle up for the next forty five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I can't complain. I mean, at least it's Star Wars. It's like okay, well, I like these. Yeah, my bigger problem is like he asks a lot of questions because he has questions about why certain things happen in Star Wars. Oh, yeah. And the original trilogy covered. Prequels, I got it. The new stuff, I've only really seen a couple of times. I'm like, uh, you know, I, I'm not as strong. But uh, the other stuff, I can usually answer almost any of his questions. Yeah. Which is good, because like he will see, like if the illustration shows a ship, like the Millennium Falcon, he'll be like, me not know who's on there. Well, Han Solo is. Who else? Chewbacca. Who else? Luke Skywalker. Who else? <laughs> like, I have to name who's on every ship. <laughs> it, gets a, it gets a little tricky. That's why my uh, wife won't read him Star Wars. <laughs> smart lady. <laughs> yeah. But of all the things to be attracted to, Millennium Falcon, that's so stinking cool. Heck yeah. I, I mean, listen, I, I can't complain, you know. It, it's it's. I'm glad he's excited about it and uh, and such. He hasn't seen... Um, he's only seen uh, The Phantom Menace, movie-wise. Um, I haven't shown him any of the others. And I think I because like Phantom Menace is very child friendly, you know, uh -huh. except for the whole death of Qui Gon, which I'm not going to worry about spoiler warning if you don't know about that. <laughs> it's kind of old movie, man. Um, right. <laughs> but but otherwise, it's like eh, you know, it, it's not it's not too bad. You start going beyond Phantom, and it's like it just kind of gets a little bit darker as you kind of go through. 
So episode three, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, we'll wait. At some point, I'll I'll show Little D the the original trilogy, and and then we'll go from there. But we'll probably focus on Star Trek as well first. Well, I mean, listen, you know, that's what I grew up on. I I mean, you know me. I'm not like anti Trekky. You know, like I, I really don't have this feud. Like Kidder makes it a big deal. I it's like, oh god, you like Star Trek? You like Star Trek? That's fine. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but Star I, Wars has a lot more resonance with you and and your upbringing. Right. Well, I mean, I just I I remember you know like we only got two channels growing up, and I just it was the first it was the first movie that my parents let me stay up and watch. And it wasn't uh-huh. even like, oh, I want to see this. They were like, you might enjoy this. You, I got to stay up and watch. And it was like three nights. And they did all three of them. And I was hooked. You know, yeah. uh, you know. so I was introduced to that before Star Trek. I, and I used to watch Star Trek. You know, that was the, you'd come home from school and... I think it was the five to six o'clock time spot was Star Trek replays and it was next generation. So yeah, I used to watch that. I'd come home from school. I'd watch an episode of Star Trek. I just was never quite as into it, you know, cause I was like, the other one's got lightsabers, man. <laughs> and, and I, I, I listen, I mean, I, you really would have a hard time telling me that a lightsaber is not cool. Oh, lightsabers are awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, no matter how you feel about Star Wars, you kind of have to admit a lightsaber is kind of cool. <laughs> I like them both. I mean, I, I, I don't care for the the uh, the prequel trilogy, but I like Star Wars in general. So, yeah, it's, it's not a binary kind of thing for me. If one, then not the other. It's like, yeah, I'll go for both. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and see, and that I'm kind of interesting because I'm one of the few in like our generation and, and, and the older generations that likes the prequels. But it, for me, you know, when I was like eight years old, you know, I'm introduced to Star Wars. I'm like, this is awesome. I want more. And I was like, oh no, 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 they're they're done making these. But but four, five, six. Clearly, there's a one, two, three. No, they've only ever made these and nobody's looking to make any more. You know, it's like to fall in love with something and and think, gosh, it's dead. (laughs) You know, there's, they're never going to make any more of these. They haven't for years, Mm -hmm. you know, and I remember being in middle school and that first trailer dropped for the Phantom Menace. And it's just like, Oh, the thing I love, there's going to be more. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, and so to me, that's you know that's I, like I enjoy, you know, the prequels. Are they perfect? No. Do they have problems? Sure. I mean, but like, are the Star Trek movies perfect? No. See Star Trek: yeah. The Motion Picture, Bathicon, whatever the third one's named. Search for Spock. <laughs> I was going more for the joke, but <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, you know, and so for me, I'm, I'm willing to forgive the errors of the movies because I'm getting more of this thing I love. 
I'm even that way with the new trilogy. I know people crap all over that. Is it perfect? No. But do I get more Star Wars? Yes. And and I will be forgiving. I will I will totally admit that episode nine, I fell for all of the, the little nostalgia things they put in there. You know, when 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 Ray is clearly in the throne room in that crash and the music from the throne room kind of plays softly in the background and it's just like oh oh like i geeked out at that moment my wife can tell you i'm like oh, do you know what this is <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know and that's and that's for me it's because i thought this stuff was gone and i get more of it and so i'm willing to accept okay it's not all going to be good <laughs> but at least I'm getting Star Wars. Yeah, so, you know. Yeah the, a- the Force the Force Awakens. I saw that in in Korea on uh, on New Year's Eve 2015, and there were there was just so much stuff that was borrowed from A New Hope. But it's like you know what, that was fun. That was a fun movie. And then <clears throat> saw the Last Jedi in the theaters, and it. It seemed like a good, like from the from that trilogy, seemed like a good middle. But I never actually saw uh, the last Skywalker until when I was in Arizona a couple weeks ago, or a couple months ago rather. And there was, I felt like Palpatine was kind of shoehorned in there, but because Palpatine is so wonderful, um, I didn't care. Uh, yeah, I, I was, I was kind of like when that, when the first, you know, scroll comes up and they say the voice of the emperor has echoed across. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I feel like, like we're missing something here. Like he went all the way down the, the thing <laughs> with the thing and, uh, died. Um, and yeah. then he just showed up on Exegol. Like what? What? Uh, I don't care. Ian McDermott's awesome. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, yes, he is. And uh, I also couldn't take fault in that. Um, so there is uh, Fantasy Flight Games put out a Star Wars role-playing game series. And they, they did uh, three, it was kind of three settings, three versions. And one was kind of, and I, it's been a bit, so I can't remember the exact titles, but Basically, the first one was kind of your your. Um, uh, words. It was your smugglers, your outcasts. It was kind of mm-hmm. playing Han Solo, bounty hunters, smugglers, and that. Then there was Age of Rebellion, uh, which was more of the military, like you're in the rebellion, kind of more uh, setting. And then there was Force and Destiny, which was Jedi. Yeah. And uh, I had a, a group of one individual who worked for me at the science center. He's actually the guy that made this really cool when uh, Suro board that's behind me. Uh, him, he had picked up the first one, uh, the, the outsiders one, which his name is bugging me. And it's really sad because it's on the other side of this wall in front of me. Um, he had picked it up and, uh, because he thought it'd be cool to role play Star Wars. And he had some friends who were interested in doing it, but none of them had ever GM'd before. And uh, one of them was going to do it and then dropped out. And he's like, Hey, you know how to GM. Do you want to do it? And so for three summers, I, I ran a Star Wars campaign. And each summer we did a different 
um, a different one of these different settings. So we did the the out, you know, the smugglers. We did the military, and then we did the Jedi, and it was all tied together. Um, even though they played different characters every um, every summer, except for one 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 person carried the character throughout the whole thing, which was fine. Um, but my whole premise was, and especially because hey, because of the prequels, we know cloning is a a thing. So the the first one, the big kind of Hada reveal um, was a clone of General Grievous. You know, so I'm like, I brought him back in that. In the military one, I brought back um, Starkiller, which was, he's another famous Sith villain. Um, I brought him back through cloning. And my third one, Force and Destiny, ended with a clone of the Emperor. So when we got to the uh, movies, uh, Jonah, who is the person who made that, he's like, I think they bugged our sessions. He goes, there are things out of this. He goes, reek of, of your storytelling. I'm like, the Force and Destiny one also had a uh, a clone of Yoda, which was an evil clone of Yoda. That was a fun, <laughs> that was the fun kind of like twist because they kind of knew by like the third one, like, okay, yeah, we got it. And that was the last thing. Right, <laughs> evil clone of Yoda. That was fun. It also had one of my favorite. Um, tropes was i had a a hidden holocron which in star wars it's this little cube but it's like a book basically but it was hidden in a painting and if anybody looked at this painting especially if they were somewhat a force sensitive uh they would be plagued with visions of this wookie with a gray streak through his hair and i never explained what it was until the third summer but I had different characters each season who saw this and be plagued by it. There's just always this thing that I'd pop up like randomly in a session and they just be like, what is this? Thing? Why is there a Wookiee that I'm seeing? I'm like, I don't know. It's a mystery. You'll figure it out. <laughs> Details. They did. In the third season, they got it. And it was one of those moments where again, like Joe was like, oh my gosh, this is all you like planned some of this since like year one. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> nice yeah. but it was it was one of those things after i did three summers so uh one of the groups the guy who played the same character was like oh hey do you want to do this i'm like no he asked me to like gm another star wars thing. i'm like no i've i've told my star wars story i'm done for a while <laughs> come back to me in like 10 years i might have another star wars story right now no i'm good i've, I've done everything i can <laughs> it's time for me to retire so yeah i'm trying to think if there's anything else to talk about especially since i know i'm going to talk to you tomorrow night right <laughs> so and it is getting late and uh big d we should probably wrap this whole show up um with some cheap plugs and unfortunately i can't make kidder do it because he's not here <laughs> so yeah and I, won't I, I mean, I could give a, I could give a, a good approximation. I will miss some cheap plugs, but I will, um, well, I'm trying to slap on uh, one of Hitter's country hillbilly accents, but. Well, well, in that case, on that, you know, bold claim that you think you can do it, 
Biggie! We've been talking for quite a while. It's time that we wrap this show up with some hopefully decent cheap plugs. Take it away, sir. Oh, oh, they will not be decent, but I got some cheap plugs for you. You let shut up. I can't even do it. With the, uh, when, when you're laughing at me, I can't do it. Uh, I, I blame Kidder because he's not here to defend himself. Well, you go watch the BeerBrewersBS.com. You go watch us on Podbean and the YouTubes and uh, wherever you get your podcast. And you can listen to us on the audio version or you can pull it up on the YouTubes and watch us and watch Big D make an ass of himself right here with his hillbilly accent trying to be Kidder, even though we should have Kidder up here doing his own uh, cheap plugs up here. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Uh, remember to drink your old-fashioned with a cherry. Um, and, yeah, Kidder. Yeah, you need to be here, man. I can't do this. Like I said, there's only one ass big enough to fill your chair, and it's clearly not mine. So, <laughs> I mean, you did you, you did pretty good. I mean, you mentioned that, yes, people can go and see our stuff at BeerBluesAndBS.com. Uh, a couple things that you might have missed. Uh, we do have a merch store where you can pick up such great merch as this Howard's Cave of Wonderglass. Or uh, I'm wearing the classic It's Been a Week shirt because it's been a week every week. Always. Uh, and beyond our merch store there, if you want, you can help sponsor the show. We do a little thing where you can buy us a beer. It's a pretty simple thing. You can give a couple of bucks. And, hey, we'll give a shout-out. It's a chance for you to be involved in the show. Uh, also, Kidder, for some reason, thinks we need a second merch store. So we have one on Streamlabs. Uh, so so there. Uh, you can also find us on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. And we're making things like shorts. Go check those out, please, because like our numbers on those have been just dropping like flat. I've not figured out shorts, man. Um, if, if this if this continues, if the shorts continue to perform poorly, uh, we're gonna have to start making Big D dance because apparently dancing's a trend on those things. So, <clears throat> you know, if you don't want to see that, you better start watching the stuff we're putting out now. And uh, no way, Mark, you don't see. Big D do no dancing, do no square dancing, do no line dancing, do no twerking. We don't want to see Big D do any of that stuff because they will haunt your nightmares. And you will need to buy us a beer to get us out of our nightmares. And when you buy the beer, remember to buy a, a beer for Kidder. But it better have cherries and better have vodka and better be an old-fashioned. And and this is getting kind of drunk and Irishman now. Shoot. Uh, <laughs> And if you go to that merch store, you can get a oh you're you're gonna picture the big D with a big old ice cream sandwich right here in his face. Cause big cause Kenneth took that picture 15 years ago and Big D doesn't remember, but you can get it on your shower curtain and then you can get Kidder arrested for being a craper. <laughs> oh, well, this has been a fun episode, uh Big D. And for the audience, you might be going, guys, guys, this is short. You're keeping this short. Um one yes it is almost midnight two i i've been drinking a lot of this and um <clears throat> i got stairs man <laughs> to overcome here so that'll be fun uh but the other thing is we've, we've mentioned that big d is being reassigned and he is going to be visiting us so hey we're going to cut to the future where big d is actually here and uh hey you might see a little bit more of that so hey hey Watch this amazing video of us in the future in a backyard enjoying some barbecue and shenanigans. I hope there's shenanigans. Otherwise, you know, this transition is totally stomped on. <laughs>
And when you get back from that video with the shenanigans in the future, you just got to remember, hey, don't drink in stairs because it's been a week and you've been trying to medicate because it's been a week, so don't drink in stairs. How are blues? <laughs> yeah. I, I have no idea what this is devolving into. It's getting sad. Please stop me right now. <laughs> well, that that's that's okay because uh, this this is the part now where <laughs> we we jump to another transition back, and I get to say the famous three things at the end, which is always keep your glass at least half full. There will be free beer tomorrow, and by free, I mean that you know while we were at that backyard party, I stole Big D's credit card, and he's buying for everything. And uh, with that, we will catch you all on that. You know, unfortunately, somewhat absent Tuscan Highway. Good night, everybody. You have been listening to a UA production of Beer, Blues, and BS. If you enjoyed the show, help others find out about it by rating the show or leaving a review at your podcast listening service of choice. Thanks for listening, and may your glass never be empty. UA Productions presents A Glimpse Behind the Curtain. I have no idea what the hell that was. I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it started off as Kidder Hillbilly. It morphed into semi-drunk Irish, and which is funny because I'm not drunk at all. I'm not even feeling a thing. And then uh, I don't know what that last bit was. I was like, yeah, screw it. <laughs> Let me serve this alongside a, a big old bowl of macaroni and screw it. <laughs> Anybody who makes it that far, they'll they'll be laughing. They'll be laughing. <laughs> Uh, had had to troll him for not being here, hence the multiple old fashioned with the cherry. Yeah. <laughs>